Welcome to Multiple Offers, a real estate show with competing perspectives. Today we are talking about the pros and cons of buying pre-sales. Put that coffee down. If you're good at something, never do it for free. How'd you get the gig? Oh, you know, they were hiring. It was only a two-week course. I will sell this house today. What are you, some kind of real estate agent? Oh, he's a realtor. There is a difference somehow. This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. All right, guys, it is episode 17. Uh, how you guys doing? I'm fantastic, Jeff. I'm wonderful as well. Ooh, mystery voice. Yeah, yeah. If, if the listeners are wondering, Ooh. Jeremy is not sounding extra feminine today. <laughs> uh, we, we have a special guest today. We have Courtney... Eduardes? Do we, is that actually your last name or are we just... No, that's just my Edwards, fault, right? That's totally my you fault. You always say that and it's gotten to the point where I'm like, because it spells like that. Anyway, we have Courtney Edwards on. Uh, Courtney is a realtor from uh, our office at Remax Advantage. She's born and bred Remax... Uh, not Remax. She's born and bred in New West. Uh, and today, because we're talking about pre-sales, we thought it'd be a good one to bring Courtney on. Uh, she worked on the sales floor for 8 West, 258 and Brickstone Walk. Welcome to the show, Courtney. Oh, thank you very much for having me. What's uh, what's going on with you? You were a little late. Tell us about I that. I was a little bit late today. I was at... Filling being, in Jeremy's shoes. I, Excellent. Oh, <laughs> I am usually not late. It wasn't really my fault. I was at an inspection that went a little bit too long or just long enough. Just long longer enough. than I thought. Your buyer, your seller? Buyer. Okay. Yep. Well, when we were talking about it, I mean, it's a good reason why it ran long. Old house, big house. Old yeah. house, um... Big house, newest Mr. home, uh, thorough inspector. So, did they find scary stuff? Uh, no, lots of little things. And then the drain tile question. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't have enough data. It's clay. So, who knows, right? Just expect the worst. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So I apologize uh, for my tardiness. That's cool. Happy to have you. Glad you were in town. I think you were out of town. Just leading into this week, right? Yep. Your way, doing some holiday stuff? Yep. Uh, on the island, visiting my dad, visiting my best friend. Nice. Yeah. The uh, And I guess we should probably tell people Jeremy's away. Oh, maybe give, give <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy's in a closet. Yeah. We just were tired of listening to his voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You're going to give him such a complex. <laughs> Perfect. Um, Jeremy's uh, part of keeping our real estate license is we have to take a certain number of courses every couple of years. And Jeremy today is taking the really exciting legal update, I believe. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Down, down. Thrilling. Yeah. And, and I guess they've made it way harder, he was saying. There's like, a whole like homework you have to do beforehand. Yes. And it's it's all tied into all the craziness we've been talking about on the show for a few yeah. Since the beginning, basically. So lucky him. He's doing that course and we get to have Courtney. We're having way more fun. <laughs> <laughs> and it's exciting. So I hope our listeners are kind of keeping this in mind. And maybe if they like guest co-hosts, they can uh, give us some feedback on that. And uh, I can maybe uh, go on vacation a few more recording days. And <laughs> Matt's just looking for outs. <laughs> yeah. Somebody want to take my seat? <laughs> I'm still in the show title. There you go. Yeah. What's, what's going on with you, Matt? You know what I've been noticing as we're coming to the end of August is I'm spending a lot of time planning with sellers. Yeah, a lot and, of people are turning into, okay, let's plan for September mode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. I mean, there's there's no new listings really on my radar for the next two weeks. Like nothing is going to get put live on MLS. It's get it ready. And uh, probably the most complicated part of it is good news, bad news. Good news is we're going to have quite a few listings in September. Yeah. Bad news is how do I line them up perfectly 
Yeah. So everybody gets, you know, the absolute exceptional service. So you know, you're present at each one. Right. You, know, you want to do those open houses and be there and you don't want to hand off to someone else. Matt's just so busy with all of his <laughs> listings. <laughs> you, you have to stagger them. You stagger. Yeah, it, it hasn't happened in a while. Yeah. I thought you were going to say bad news. There's going to be a lot of listings. Yeah. In September, because that that can be tough for the sellers, right? A lot of competition. You got to stand out. Absolutely, but I feel like I got the good ones. Oh, of course. Oh, you I got, got the good yeah. ones. Oh, yeah. you have the best listings. Well, sometimes out? you get the ones that are super generic. You do. You get the generic stuff, yeah. right? Uh, these ones are not. One of them is in Brickstone Walk. <gasps> Ooh, foreshadowing. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, Jeff, what about you, man? What's going on? Um, well, I'm trying to survive the smog. Mm, ooh. Um, I don't even want to step outside. Like, yeah, yeah. it is so gross out. Um, I had a, a first yesterday. So we're negotiating an offer. And uh, this agent, uh, she's really good, but she's out of town. And she's on, like, this big, gigantic hike. Oh. And she only gets cell reception, like, maybe a couple times a day I can get a hold of her. And so the negotiation process is moving very, very slowly. And she texted me last night, and normally I'd, I can't get a hold of her again. So I'm thinking, oh, I won't be able to get a hold of her till tomorrow. I talk to the seller or my seller about it. And then I blame the smog, but then I fell asleep. Oh, <laughs> dear. I, uh, I woke up this morning with a message from my, my seller being like, uh, I kind of want to talk to you about this stuff. What's happening? Now, to be fair, it's like 9.45. Like, it's... It's close. Oh. It, yeah, I mean... I don't work after 10. It's earlier than I usually fall asleep, but I totally fell asleep. So uh, I thought I'd win points back, and I thought it was safe this morning. I texted her at like 6 a.m. because I get up early. (laughs) And I'm like, hey, just so you know, I can talk to you before you get work. We can get this ball rolling. And then she calls, and I was like, oh, I wasn't ready for that. Um, And we got it all worked out, and and, uh, it's going very well. But I I totally thought I was winning points back. Like, she won't be up yet. Then when she wakes up, she's going to see my text and be like, okay, he's on board. And she's just like, no, no, I've just been waiting to talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I actually haven't fallen asleep, so thanks for calling. Yeah, I've been waiting since 9.45. (laughs) You teased me with this information. I couldn't fall asleep, and now here I am. And man, you get that rush of adrenaline in the like when you're like shit i'm on now yeah right the phone rings and you're like i, I got i'm answering this i'm doing it <laughs> totally <laughs> it's 6 a.m but i'm doing it yeah <laughs> i think the real question here is where was this realtor hiking kilimanjaro i i don't know but it was like a planned vacation i feel bad for her because we've been talking about her writing the offer for like a week before she did and she's like oh I, i'm telling my buyer like i'm going away on this amazing holiday oh. that she's got to make a decision and then I get a call from her, like, day one of her holiday, and she's like, so I'm writing you an offer. <laughs> <laughs> that's, too bad. that's how that goes, usually. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's where you want somebody who you, you trust who can take over for you, right? Like, Jess, yeah. you've got Dad. Yeah. I got Jeremy. Courtney. I call Christy Hayward. Ooh, yeah. she's good. We should have Christy on the show one you should. sometime. She's fantastic. Yeah, she's a good one. Yeah. Huh. Teaser. Okay. Well, let's, let's get into our main topic. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. I got a news flash for you, Walter Cronkite. I am enlightened. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. Okay, so I apologize. I jumped the gun. I was just really excited to see what Courtney has to say about pre-sales. But we actually, 
We actually have a bit of news to discuss. Yeah, last week you bumped me from story time. Are you yeah. just trying to bump my segment again? I'm very passive You want me out Matt. of the show, Jeff? <laughs> so he gets Jeremy off the show and puts Courtney in. So next week is going to be Courtney and Christy, isn't it? This is my big power play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, news. Uh, last week we talked about stats, and this is kind of related, but we're going to try to stay away from the numbers and talk about the concepts a little bit. But again, in the news, I like talking about it because the headlines do get the consumer's attention. And the headline reads, Some realtors believe major price correction underway in Metro Vancouver. Ooh. So they're not just quoting stats now. Now they're quoting realtors. Yeah. Okay, so that's the first sort of twist. I think that that's some pretty good clickbait gets people looking, right? Uh, they're quoting all West Side realtors. Right. Okay, so they're taking this from West Side of Vancouver and what they got. So they got a couple of different things going on. One thing I want to mention is they got a quote from Ian Watt. I think a lot of us know Ian Watt. Yep. Um, he's found his way into New West quite often. Um, and he quotes uh, Snap Stats as his source for information. And he says he likes looking at median sales value and it's down 30%. Um, the problem I have with that is, and I don't want to get too carried away with statistical analysis, but quoting median sales price is really dangerous on a, in a place like the West side where the top end can be really, really expensive mm-hmm. because the top end isn't selling right now. And do you mean the West side of new West? No. You mean the West side of Vancouver? West side of Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So the, the high end is very high. Yeah. Right. And correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff, high end isn't really moving right now. Very slow. Right. Yep. So you take away that segment of sales. So like subtract all the $10 million sales, the eight, the sixes, and those just aren't happening. Yeah. It's funny that he quotes snap stats because snap stats, when they break it down, I think they're an excellent tool too. Do you use snap stats, Courtney? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're fantastic. But um, they take the time to break things down by price band. And then that, then it's helpful. Yeah. And then that, that's important because what's going on in the three to $500,000 price range could be completely different than anything over a million two. Yeah. So my, my problem with this is, say all let's say all of the $6 million plus sales that happened last year aren't happening this year. Mm-hmm. But the average price of an average home is exactly the same. Now, that, mm-hmm. this is just, I'm just saying hypothetically, but if that were the case, the median would actually drop quite dramatically, even yeah. though the average home hasn't changed. So he's quoting a median drop of 30%, but... Yeah, that's not really related to what's going on. And they're and they're discrediting the real estate board stats saying, well, they use a price index and it's saying it's not down that much. But man, we're seeing some huge hits. I, I never look at median price range averages when I'm pricing a home. I look at average days on market. I look on list price to sales price ratios. And I look at what percentage of the listings are selling every month. Yeah. Those are the stats I care about. Mm hmm. What does this say to you, Miss Edwards? Well, it's interesting because they don't typically um, uh, have a realtor's perspective when they say realtors are saying that price. I you don't usually see that, right? Absolutely, so, and it goes on. They quote two other realtors, yeah, and they start getting into their thoughts that they feel the market is going down, and they're not just trying to make predictions based on their territory there, West Side, where West Side Vancouver, where they're working a lot. They're saying this is going to move east. Um, and the quote that I have here, uh, that I think is probably the most relevant is from Stuart Bonner. He says, it's a warning sign. Uh, the West side is where the chain reaction starts. Detached, attached apartments on the West side are now all experienced price reductions. And while this is creating good buying opportunities, buyers are holding off mm-hmm. in anticipation of further declines. 
this will exacerbate the decline and soften prices further. Uh, but he's talking about how the declines right now on the West side, they're saying, well, okay, if people don't have this money, they're not going to go and give their kids a bunch of money to go buy something else. And then the money keeps moving east, goes to Burnaby, goes to Coquitlam, you know, Maple Ridge, Pitt Meadows, whatever it is. So they're making some pretty bold statements that stretch beyond. I, I take huge umbrage with that statement, actually. Um, in my experience, every time the market has slowed down, like he's talking about a chain react like dominoes where prices fall in Vancouver and then they fall in Burnaby and then it hits New West and then it goes out further and further and further. That's not what I've seen in the past. What, it, what, I've, what I've really seen in the past whenever the market has corrected is it's more like a wave. When prices go up in Vancouver, it pushes people out. And the people who can't afford Vancouver now buy Burnaby, who now buy. And, and we do see prices go up in that way. But just like a wave, it comes back in kind of the opposite way. Because prices fall in the suburbs, in my opinion, usually before Metro Vancouver. Like it, it usually tends to slow down and, and Vancouver gets hit kind of last. We're talking Vancouver proper? Yeah, I, I mean Vancouver versus Richmond, Burnaby versus okay. the, versus each of the suburbs. Like it, it definitely doesn't go the the other way because there's way more buyers in the in the center of vancouver so we're saying they want vancouver proper they got a budget of six hundred thousand yeah and Mm -hmm. that has now sent them to burnaby new west yeah but if they can get something they like for 600 in vancouver because prices drop yeah they're going back for sure yeah yeah but i i don't usually see it yeah, like in, in 2008, it didn't slow down in Vancouver, and then months later, it slowed down in the suburbs. In fact, I I remember feeling it way more in the suburbs first. What about, the, then, what about the concept that they're saying that this freed up cash to give to their kids, family members, to make purchases? Do you think that has some credence to it, Courtney? Um... <laughs> no yes no do you work with many people who you see, who you feel have money from like bank of mom and dad um i no not really no no okay so that would make, probably left. explain why you don't have much of an opinion on that statement <laughs> yeah exactly I don't, I don't feel i i've yeah I, I mean i do work with all ages however i don't feel that a lot of my younger buyers or first-time home buyers maybe mom and dad help 10 15 20 grand or whatever just to get that down payment uh going mm-hmm. or maybe they gift it to them or or whatnot um i don't typically have buyers whose parents are buying not like big money coming or from big mom money and dad. or yeah i think the people who are getting big mom, money from mom and dad and i i do deal with a lot of, <laughs> of people who that's part of the scenario um the way it could hurt the suburbs is that some of those people are making the compromise. Like to them, buying in Port Moody right. is, I really want to buy in Vancouver, but yeah. I can't afford it, even with mom and dad's help. Those people might end up buying still in Vancouver, but I don't think the money is disappearing from mom and dad, uh, just where they can afford to buy. I mean, if Vancouver falls enough, they're going to buy in Vancouver, although... At that point, prices will drop everywhere so much, and we'll have a whole different cool. set of buyers. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's an interesting analysis. I mean, it's it's definitely contrary to what the news story says. I like like what Courtney pointed out that the quoting realtors, or maybe I just work with poor people. <laughs> or hang on, you maybe- just you just came from an inspection on a house. You <gasps> oh, said. yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So all those poor people buying houses yes. now. <laughs> or, okay, by poor, maybe I mean hardworking uh, individuals. You're a champion have, of the people. Who have <laughs> saved their money to buy their own home. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's probably it. Of okay. course. Okay, last question on the news. Are headlines, some realtors believe, major price correction underway? Do you think headlines like this create a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy where the right people who hear it and want prices to go down allow themselves to really latch onto it, maybe too tightly? There's a weird connection there. Like, again, I, I, 2008 was the biggest correction that's happened in, in my career. And there, there was this weird thing that happened where the market kind of leveled off. And, and back then, and I think this is still a little bit true, a lot of times the media is a little bit behind what's actually happening right now. Typically. And all the media came out about how the market was falling, but the market had kind of leveled off. And that did <laughs> cause the market to fall again. Like, it does feed itself sometimes. Because... Um, Consumer confidence is a huge, huge part of the equation. Big time. And they're always listening to the media buyers. Um, the bubble's going to burst. I, don't, I think I've been hearing that my entire Your entire career? Yeah, career. me too. Oh, I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. And you know what? The people that waited and are still waiting and didn't buy three years ago, well, mm, maybe you should have bought three years ago. But um, they do yeah. very much listen to the news and hold off because they're waiting for prices to drop. Whereas if you're going to buy something and it's a long-term investment, get in, you know, get into the market instead of watching it. Good advice. And then that's why I brought this news article because of the headline too, was that I think it it really hits home with a lot of readers. So I think it's, it's valuable to talk about it and and speak to the rest of it. And we've talked about Jeff headlines versus news stories. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, half the time the person who writes the article didn't come up with the headline. Yeah. Um, can I queue up the main topic now or should I be like, we're going into story time. We're going to, we're <laughs> going to do it in order. Let's go. All right. Main topic time. Now you want to get nuts? Come on. Let's get nuts. You decide your own level of involvement. Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree. I don't agree to that. Neither do I. Wrong. National debt. Wrong. Wrong. Advocate. Wrong. With that money, Wrong. 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 Very nice words, but happens to be wrong you're listening to multiple offers a real estate show okay so for realsies this time now we're going to talk about pre-sales and uh matt and i have both done our fair share of selling pre-sales but obviously just from the buyer's end matt i don't think you've ever worked directly for a developer i have not and i i worked very briefly for ani in 2008 when the market was crashing and that was a nightmare. <laughs> we could do a whole episode on that. Um, but uh, but Courtney, you have a lot of experience dealing with pre-sales. So if we were going to talk about the advantages and the disadvantages of this, uh, where where should we start? What should buyers be thinking about when they're considering buying a, a pre-sale? Well, I've I've worked on three new developments on the sales floor. So all in New West. All in New Westminster. I have spoken to thousands and thousands of buyers for sure. Um, so and these were in the heydays when people were like beating down the doors. No, no, right? no. This was when well, I started real estate in two thousand seven. So I started in the down market. Didn't Eight West have uh, insanity? My yeah. memories of Eight West. Well, that doesn't mean the market was hot. Exactly. It means oh no, that I, they I meant beating down the doors of this like. The ones you did. Oh, yeah. 8 West was insane. It was a two-building project, 
and we thought we would sell one building. That was it. And then the demand was so high based on marketing and product and price and whatever all, all together. Most we price. Yes. And <laughs> well, they, they advertised. Do you remember? They, oh, they had starting at, but no there GS, was... No HST. That was it. There was, was one like super tiny one they built in the building, I feel like, so that they could advertise the starting at low, low prices. Oh, <laughs> it was like a two ninety nine or, or, or yeah. a dollars yeah. oh, Every development, I think, does well, that. And, and, and no HST, very clever, because it was during like huge HST debates. Right, So, yeah. you know, very topical. So that was cool. So you created a lot of demand. And there. they were on the radio. And I, am I allowed I, to say this? I feel that most developments actually work whatever their, whatever their thing is to hook people in. They, they work that into the price. So what? It's true, <laughs> Courtney. You're blowing my mind. I know. <laughs> See me when I buy a new car and they give me a free TV. Yeah, that was just part of the price. Yeah, you literally paid three hundred dollars more for that car. Oh. yeah. There you go. But free is free. Free is free. It feels good. Yeah. Right. You feel like you got a deal. Okay, so, so I'm a new buyer. You are a new buyer. I'm thinking okay. about like, do I buy uh, a used home or or something brand new? What What are you telling me? What should I think about? As somebody who was on the inside, I think it's comfort level. I've met a lot of people that will not buy presale because they can't see it, they can't touch it, um, and and it's a lot of money. You put down, you know, usually about twenty percent deposit um, within the first six months to a year of purchasing the presale, which is much more like that's a lot. That's a lot of money. Yeah, you know, and it takes uh, average about two years to build a building. So depending on what the purchase price is, you are putting down a large deposit mm-hmm. that is sitting there um, that you can't use for two years. So some people uh, are not comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Usually from what I've noticed with new developments, typically when the building is being built, the prices end up going up. You buy pre-sale, by the time it's built, it's actually worth a little bit more. Yeah. Um, the risk though, however, is what if the market drops? So you've purchased a home, you've put down $60,000 or whatever, just sitting there as a deposit. And then by the time it's built, it's actually worth less. And I haven't seen that personally, but... In your experience, is there truth? Somebody once told me that, like 8 West, for example, when there's two phases, Mm -hmm. that the first phase is usually priced a little bit cheaper than the second phase because the developer needs to raise capital. Is Is that true in your experience? Um, I don't really know why. However, yeah, I always say if, if there is a master planned community, if there is a new development and there's going to be a few buildings, get in, in the first building. You want to be first. hundred percent. Get into the first building. It is from my experience, always the best price. And then, yeah, it just keeps going up. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, they want momentum. Yeah. They yeah. want cash. Yeah. Right. They, they need they need positive experiences to, to start them off. Right. And then they, they want to put those stickers that people have bought them. Yeah. On, yeah. On the <laughs> okay, okay. That's my thing. That's my talking point. Oh, yeah. Point. Those aren't real either. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, yes. Yes. Okay. That's my thing. That's okay. what I want to talk okay, well, about. Let's get into it. What Matt's so excited. Oh, I've never seen him this excited. The, the red dot. Oh, the yeah. red dot. I, I hate the red dot. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so tell people what this is. We might be playing a little inside baseball. Here. Okay. So I'm going to talk mm-hmm. about it from my perspective, and then Courtney is going to going to blow the doors off. Okay. High expectations. Yeah. So my experience with the red dot, this is this is my thing. If we're talking like tips and traps for buyers when they walk into the sales center, because the, yeah. the, the sales center experience for a pre-sale is different than talking about pros and cons of like, oh, I can't touch and feel it or whatever. But there's a real 
experience to going to a sales center. It's pretty fun. I think people are mostly scared. It's like walking onto a car dealership. So being Ooh. a salesperson on the sales floor, oh. I felt I feel people are sort of nervous. They don't know where to walk. They typically head straight for the show suite. Just uh, what do no I eye do? contact. Don't talk to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is, is it different? Like so, the experience you get from a buyer. Sorry to derail this. We'll come back oh, to yeah. that in a second. We'll but the the experience you get from a buyer when they would walk into sit the sales center is that significantly different than the 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 where the buyer's at when they walk into like an open house. For example, I think it might be the same. I feel as yeah. if you know they are kind of a little uncomfortable, and of course we're not in their shoes, so we don't know fully. But yeah, um, yeah a lot it's of them, a little nerve wracking. I feel like they walk in the door thinking that the person on the other side of the desk yeah. expects them to buy something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which you know puts pressure on them, right? So uh, I mean, I wore my red shirt today because we're talking about the red dots, and wearing my red Belgium shirt just to to make sure that nobody forgets. Okay, so let's hear. So just for those okay. who don't know, you walk into a sales center. There's a map. Yeah, so they've got the map of the building and they're showing which ones are available and which ones sold. And for some reason, it has become industry standard that when a unit is sold, they put a little red circle sticker over that unit to say, seats taken, right? Um, But the game that I have experienced is when you come in and you talk about it for the first time, like, well, we've been here, we've looked at the floor plans, we've kind of got our pick, we've seen the prices, we're really interested in 303 over here, like really excited that you like 303 uh, you know what i'm gonna do i know you need to think about it i'm just gonna put this red dot on 303 i'm gonna say that's yours i'm holding this for you until tomorrow nobody else can buy this you don't have to sign anything it's okay i'm your friend here yeah. at the sales center i've put the red sticker on for you yeah and then you go home and you're like oh my god did i just buy a condo i kind of feel like i have to there's a little bit of reciprocity here you've done a big like favor for me as a salesperson you've saved this for me i gotta do something about it right and you're kind of like oh so like, well it's mine i mean it actually does a lot of things psychologically, mm-hmm. right? Like it is crazy. Like it kind of creates urgency because without the without saying it to the buyer, they're subtly trying to communicate somebody else wants this. Like I'm reserving this for you because you might lose it. Right. It also kind of commits a tiny little commitment. Yeah, right? you feel a little bit more invested yeah, you're in it. You're a little yeah. on the hook now. Yeah. What and else does it do, Courtney? Well, I like to use yellow stickers. <laughs> <laughs> Whole different game. Although, yeah. Well, there's the red stickers. These are sold. They Somebody's written an offer. Rescission period is over. This is sold. You cannot. It's it's gone. No sorry, take, no, sorry for your no loss. Take back, That's please. a good point. Let's make sure to come back and explain rescission period. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, wrote, I wrote that down. Oh, that's on your list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I made notes. Oh, we brought Court, the expert. Courtney. Courtney prepared way more, more notes than Jeremy does. <laughs> like, like not even joking. Uh, well, you know, yeah. I just wanted to be prepared. Um, so then, yeah, you would put maybe a yellow sticker on it saying, okay, I'm going to hold this for you for two days. So it's not, um, it's not, it's still available. But if somebody else comes along, uh, my language as a salesperson would be either, oh, there's an offer on this one. Or that one is on hold for two days or whatever color sticker you use. If you were to walk into a sales center mm-hmm. and, you, and you saw the board with all the units and there were no stickers on them. What's wrong with it? What's wrong with this building? Why is nobody buying? So I can't speak for on behalf <laughs> of <laughs> Come on, you might. I'm, I'm sure some people are checking up extra stickers here or there. Sometimes to, you to just cre- want to play with stickers. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. It's like a childhood memory. And so, yeah, you're right, Jeff. You, you know, 
they might want to create a little bit of urgency. Um, people buy on the fear of loss. They buy on emotion. You know, if other, if somebody else wants it or if it's almost not available, then it's like, Oh gosh, okay. Someone else wants it. Like, you know, maybe I will act on it. So that, that urgency is definitely a big thing for new developments, even with pre-sale too, right? If somebody's on, you know, on your heels wanting it, you might, you might act a little bit faster. Big time. I mean, I think that's, and going like the yellow dot that you used to say yeah. on hold versus red dot. I, I do feel like saying to somebody like, I'm holding this for you, but I'm putting like the full commitment on. So I, if anybody else walks in the door, they think it's sold. I got your back. Yeah. Like I'm really looking out for you. Yeah. And because again, it's to say to the buyer, like, no, I'm, I'm here to help you. Mm-hmm. I'm a facilitator. I'm on your side, buyer. Yeah. Who do you work for when you're in the sales center, Courtney? I work for the sales and marketing company (laughs) who works for the developer. Um, And I I, I do remember my language because people would be a little bit fearful of writing an offer, Hmm. um, worried that they're trapped into something. And I would just say, write the offer. You have a seven-day rescission period. (laughs) You have seven days to talk to your mortgage broker, although you do need to get re-pre-approved just before completion. And you can read over the contract of purchase and sale. You can read over the developer's disclosure statement. You have seven days to make a decision. And after that seven days, that is when you put down the money. So if you're interested, if you're quite seriously interested, just write an offer. Lock Hold it up. the home. Yeah. No, Once an offer is on it and you're in your rescission period time, nobody else can jump in and write it. You know, it's, it's yours. You get to make the decision. And to your point as well, Jeff, once somebody has written and signed now they feel a little bit more connected to the purchase because they've 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 taken a little baby step towards pen to paper um so that would be my advice if you if you seriously like this home just write an offer so so nobody uh, else can take it let's just explain rescission period before we get away from it because this is something that's very different and i think one of the advantages of buying new construction over uh, a previously occupied home and i to be completely honest, I don't think there are a lot of advantages to going down this route. There's a lot of things we'll probably talk about that I don't like about doing it this way, but the rescission period is one thing I really do like. From the buyer's perspective, they can walk away for any reason, correct? Um, So when you buy buy a house that's been lived in before, usually you write your specific reasons out. Like, I'm going to have a home inspection. Mm -hmm. I'm going to check to make sure I can get my mortgage. And you have to, if you collapse that deal, collapse it based on one of those subjects that you put in. In a now in in new development, does it just work that like it automatically you get rescission yeah. if you don't bring in the deposit in time? Is that how it how it goes? Um, or do you have to actually put in writing? I am not buying this home. Good question. I mean, I guess everything's better in writing. I, when I, I was doing it, I was working in new developments probably about five six years ago, and I <clears throat> and I worked in there. For about three years. So yeah. people would literally just come back with their paperwork and say, I don't want it. And I was so floored that somebody can just write an <laughs> offer yeah. and, you know, within the seven days, get a hangnail and say, here, um, my finger hurts and I don't want to buy this home anymore. There's no financial recourse. And that's they totally valid. Put, 
Well, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure, but I was surprised. And I was like, man, people can just go around writing offers all day long and not going through with it. So I just want to point out that you used the close. Hey, just write an offer. You can collapse (laughs) it for any reason. (laughs) And then then you're like, these crazy people are Uh, collapsing it for any reason. No, no, no. (laughs) I said write an offer so nobody else can take the home while you're reading the documents and information. (laughs) It's a good way to secure the home is to write an offer. I do know because I think we're getting into a little bit of the the sales tactics of a sales center, right? Yeah. And they've been very effective over the years. And the whole point of the seven-day rescission period is it's law. Yeah, they have to. That's not the sales center yeah, deciding. No, it was mandated because it was like, look, these sales centers, guys, they're they're pretty good at this. Yeah. <laughs> they're getting people to sign for fear of missing out. You guys are sharks. Yeah. <laughs> I wore so, my shark socks today just to prepare for this. <laughs> Uh, so they're 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 saying absolutely required. Are we getting confirmation on the shark yeah, socks? Actually, they, he is wearing shark socks. <laughs> it's true. You guys uh, didn't. I got no verbal confirmation. I'm wearing the red shirt, but yeah, we got, it is red. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Matt's wearing a red definitely, shirt. Definitely okay. Red. Uh, they had to do it because there there is so much pressure in the sales center that it's like, look, we have to get we have to make it mandated. And this was you know a number of years ago when that was a thing that the public had an issue with, right? When it came to real estate sales, it was well, this is the thing that the government needs to have intervention on. Well, the government has intervened in many different ways now in our real estate world, yeah. uh, well beyond pre sales. But that's why it's there, right? Because I do get caught up in the the amazing marketing model that different things that are done for different projects that make people feel literally that the person behind them is going to buy it when we see physical lineups outside of a building you know people getting you know physically you know riled up and upset because like no i came here to buy that unit and i'm going to get it and the person behind me might buy it so i'd better sign now there's a thousand people in the lineup and 120 units for sale by the way, how many of those did you people did you tell you know you were reserving one for? Or they were on the VIP list. Um, oh gosh, there was a lot of interest. <laughs> um, it was different because it was we had a sales day, so yeah, right. we had that board, but we weren't putting stickers on and off. Whereas, um, so that that's the type of setup where it's a sales launch. When I sold Brickstone Walk, it yeah. was a tempo campaign. So you had the sales center, you kick open the doors, you say, this is available. That's when the stickers go up and down and people come in. It's very low pressure. Um, you were very low pressure. My favorite sales center person ever. Oh, did you? Did I meet <laughs> did, you there? Did you guys do a deal? Uh, we never did a deal, but we spoke at 8 West and we spoke at Brickstone. Oh, you didn't yeah. put enough pressure on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's because uh, I'm like so against pre <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I was like, watch out for this one. She's a shark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so those, so sales launch day, I mean, gosh, there's so much interest yeah. and only so many units. So. Yeah, because I mean, on 8 West, I mean, I, I know... A lot of people at our office, um, because we're a New West office, got their clients on this list, mm-hmm. right? You're going to be on the list. You can come in. You have the option to buy something. We're going to get you high up on the list, guys. We're going to get you high up on the list. We keep Those hearing that. Yeah. Get people so angry. Yeah. So they think that, oh, I've got like a guarantee. I get to come in. I'm, I'm number 21 on the waiting list and there's 100 units. Of course, I'm going to get to buy one. But then it turns out that this list is all kind of false and the lineup and all the rest of it. And there's always more people there than there are units. And it's by design. So for buyers who are who are listening to this show and they're thinking, okay, I'm going to go to a pre-sales center and they're doing the pre-launch and I'm getting on a list and then I'm getting on the next list and I'm being told I'm going to get an opportunity. What do they really need to hear to feel that they have any kind of confidence or how can they approach it when they're going into that, that big launch, you know, hype machine? 
Um, I mean, it's changed a little bit since I was doing the pre-sales, since I was on the inside. Um, just introduce yourself to the salespeople, create a relationship, make sure they know you're there. Some people kind of fly under the radar and then you don't even know they're interested, right? So for me, if somebody came in five, six times, talked to me, emailed me, knew what they wanted, I would remember them. I would know they're serious. Um, I can kind of help them more. It's like getting a job when you're 17. Like just call every day yeah. until they hire you. So, exactly. so what, what if they're in this physical lineup and they're 80 people deep? But you do know it's that person. Like, how do you how do you help facilitate that? Is there something you do? Is the, is the lineup uh, all all a scam? Is it like the nightclub? Like it's empty inside? No, no, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know. I mean, you know what it helps knowing the developer that that helps because okay. t- t- <laughs> pro tip know the developer. Pro tip Got it. some developers <laughs> because usually those are sold before the before the building even goes on sale, right? That developers, was one thing. Inside people, relatives, um, you know, homes are already purchased, right? So I had a buyer for um, one of the units in Eight West, and we were on the list. We waited right at like we were ready to go. And we were just crushed that the one we wanted was totally sold to somebody before yeah. that even that even happened. So we talked about this, Courtney. Like you, you broke a lot of hearts. In, in, <laughs> like you know, like I know it was it was kind of hard on you at, at, during some points of the pre-sales part, right? Like yeah. the people who you feel like you made a commitment to and then you couldn't fulfill. Yeah. Is that is that my am, am I speaking out of turn or is that? Uh, no, that's that's why I'm back in residential real estate. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't we? Because I think. We're probably going to get into some of that stuff maybe a little bit later in the show. Uh, why don't we save that for now? And also one thing, I'm totally geeking out over this stuff. I, I find sales tactics fascinating, but I'm also in sales. So um, maybe if listeners want us to have Courtney back and really get into oh dear. tactics <laughs> of the uh, of of the sales center, maybe like I could I could spend a whole episode talking yeah, about. We're that. really going on and on here. Yeah. So why, good why, reason. Why don't um, Why don't we get into a little bit more buyer centric info? But uh, if if you want us to get into sales tactics, maybe we can convince Courtney to come back. Let us know at uh, feedback at morealestateshow dot com, and we'll go from there. But let's. Let's take it back to what buyers should be thinking about. Um, one one thing I really think about, and I'd love to hear your perspective, uh, Courtney. I'm always very cautious with with buyers about making sure they understand that there is risk when they buy mm-hmm. new developments. I mean, we we've, we've seen some of the horror stories, like which was the one in New West? Oh yeah, yeah, Westburn, 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 West Westburn, Westburn, yeah. I mean that one. They raised the prices fifteen percent, and and before completion, and and my understanding is people could take the deposit back plus fifty percent of what they put down and walk away, or just pay the fifteen percent higher. But either way, the market had gone up. They can't buy what they bought before, and that's not the only one. Like it happened in Vancouver as well. There was one uh, in Oak Ridge. Uh, I had a buyer do one in uh, Poco when I was first getting started, where. The exact same thing happened. They were like, well, we can't complete, so you can either give us more money or get your deposit back. And It's the biggest risk. Yeah, yeah. And and I think, I mean, we see the horror stories about that, but we also see, like, every new development I've sold in the last year has been at least two months late. Most oh, of them yeah. much more. You know, it seems like nobody's finishing anywhere close to on time. So if you've got plans around your move-in day, yeah. uh, make sure, you know, you don't give notice just yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, typically they will give you time. Um, 
I can't remember two weeks, 10 days or whatever that it is. You're getting close to completion, but there's so many variables, construction permits, this, that, yeah. the other, right? So, um, when we, we did a, an episode, a couple episodes back, Courtney, um, where, you know, they, he, our construction guy we were talking to was talking about how he can't hire any specialist guys because yeah. all the good guys are working. Yeah. They're taken. Yeah. And if they're not working, why aren't they working? Like yeah. there, there, there are more jobs than there are. So what's the problem? Mm-hmm. So I guess that's happening. What from the inside, like, is it just thought of that the completion day is kind of a fictional date or what, what, or is it actually like a, Oh, we really did think we could complete here. Oh gosh. I, I would imagine that they, that that's what they're striving towards. And then okay. uh, when you read, it's a goal, it's a goal. <laughs> it is a solid goal. Cause you can't just say to a buyer, Hey, thanks for your deposit. Uh, we'll let you know when it's done. Oh, okay. Well, it, is it ready in one year, five years, 10 years? Like you need to put a date down there. Yeah. And then there is something in the developer's disclosure statement called an outside date. So if they don't hit that date, maybe it's six months or, or whatever, if they don't hit it within that amount of time, then, um, and depending on, on how it's worded, a buyer might have an opportunity to walk away if they don't hit it on by the outside date. Yeah. But to be fair, um, like you said, getting workers, are they hire or are they buying material from overseas? Is there, you know, there's so many things that could hold mm-hmm. up a completion. And that's what I would tell buyers. This is what they're striving towards. Be prepared that new developments rarely complete on time. When you brought up the contract too, and that's something I really warn people as far as risk goes, is that that contract is designed to protect the developer. It's only written for them. Like it's, it's, Definitely to their advantage compared to the MLS contracts, which are very much written with both parties in mind. Yeah, and that's the great thing about the seven-day rescission period. You write an offer, you take those two documents to your lawyer and have them reviewed by your lawyer to make sure you're protected as a consumer as well. And the big question I get is what happens if it doesn't even complete yeah. What happens to my deposit? And there, if you read the developer's disclosure statement, there is always a, a part about the deposit. There is a little paragraph there. So what happens to your deposit? That's what I find most buyers are scared of. What, yeah. What happens if it doesn't complete? I, I what happens to my most aren't scared. It seems like things they don't think about is like, oh, this. it says right in the contract that this doesn't have to be exactly the same as the showroom. Yeah. And that might be the difference between, like I had this this year, laundry room, which was just a little bit smaller than the showroom version of it. Yeah. But that just a little bit smaller meant you couldn't put shelves up uh, yeah. to have like an actual laundry room. It was just room for the washer dryer. And there's nothing we can do about that. That contract says this might not be exactly what we showed you. Yeah. And I think there's a percentage of square footage that they have to stay. Yeah. There's a margin of error they can play with. Right. Yeah. You know, so that kind of goes hand in hand with what you when we said when we opened the segment, Courtney, right? Like you can't touch and feel and see mm-hmm. exactly what you're getting. So you're, you're buying a promise yeah, of, buying. of a drawing, mm-hmm. you know, that has the option to be modified. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes a promise isn't a promise. Yeah. <laughs> and what happens if they can't get that countertop or what happens if, you know, the, uh, yeah, so they have to protect themselves as well. Yeah, and we talked about this. I, I did it in a couple of my check-ins you know, a few episodes ago about how I was experiencing it firsthand with my client about just the dissatisfaction of the quality of the work that was oh, done yeah. and then the effort you have to go to to bring it up to an acceptable standard. When, when you're buying pre-sale, you typically, as a consumer, have it in your head that you think you're buying brand new, like you're buying a brand new car where everything is 
perfect. Mm-hmm. But it's not. No. And it does depend on the developer. One to the next. Some of them really do get it perfect out of the gates. You walk in the door and it is all done. And others, you really have a responsibility to go through and pick it apart on your walkthrough and try to get those repairs done. Yeah, there's some smaller developers out there. Uh, I find I've done a few with Mosaic and it is, I'm looking for nail pop-outs, you know, because you do a deficiency walkthrough before you actually take possession of the home. Are you uh, feeling because Mosaic Mosaic is good and it's hard to find good. stuff? They're good yeah, because good they do their Mosaic. own deficiency walkthroughs. So when you're a buyer, okay, so, and now the building's complete. So they're going to have you come through as a buyer Look for nail pop-outs, snags in the carpet, things aren't lined up, paint, gouge in the wall or whatever, and then you make a list. It's called a deficiency list. And then before you actually take possession of the home, um, they have to go in and fix all these little things. So I found... and when Some I'm of them in, are better than others about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. right? Big and then time. Sometime, Who's your favorite local developer? We're going to oh. put you on the spot. spot. <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah, totally. Wow. I will give you the option not to answer. You yeah. can throw that on me. I'm saying favorite. I'm not saying worst. I don't. I have, wouldn't do that. I don't have a favorite. Who's one you really like? Doesn't have to be the absolute best. Well, like I said, Mosaic. I was yeah. I was searching for for things, but they do. I think they do two or three deficiency walkthroughs before you even get in there. They make sure yeah. it's almost, they want it to be perfect. And I love that standard, Yeah, right? And I, I talked about that. Was it we, was it a mosaic one, the one you were talking about a no, couple episodes? No, when I had that experience, it was with Polygon. Right. And I was really impressed. Same yeah. thing. I could not find a single yeah. thing. I was looking. Yeah. I was looking hard, but nothing. Yeah. So they were, but that was their, their expectation. Their standard was, we want you to come through and look and you won't find anything. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's very different from a con- you know, consumers are looking at that one project to the next. And that's why I think it's valuable to have an agent you can soundboard things off of, right? To be like, well, what does it mean to be somebody who's a smaller developer, who's inexperienced versus a bigger experienced one or quality from this one to that one um, versus, well, the sales center representative was so helpful and told me all the things that were going to go well. Why would I need a realtor? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's another thing. Some people don't think they can... Uh work with their realtor to buy a new development as a buyer as a buyer um you can bring your realtor in to represent you and and read the documents with you and kind of help walk you through it i've heard a few times from buyers oh well i don't want to bring my realtor in because the sales get a better deal (laughs) yeah well or the salesperson they think the salesperson's getting x amount of money but if there's a realtor then they have to share it that's not that's not the case especially in the salesperson gets paid x amount per home Mm. um and then there is uh there is an amount out there for realtor cooperation so the developer already knows you're going to get maybe 60 percent, 70 percent, or whatever these homes are going to be represented with a buyer they already work that into their budget that they will be paying realtor commissions so that's another thing you can work with your realtor um bring them into the sales center for you they can walk you through it answer your questions read the docs with you give you suggestions um be very helpful. Do you have any tips for buyers on negotiating with the developer? Um, I don't know if you can really negotiate anymore, right? Uh, back when I was doing it, there wasn't a lot of negotiating. Maybe if it was a project and there was two or three homes left, developer just wants them sold that, so they can move on. Maybe at that point you can That's negotiate. the only time I've had any luck on yeah. negotiating like actual, like big negotiation. And they never take yeah. anything off the price. They call it a decorating allowance. Yeah. So the advertised sale price shows the same as all of the others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or they give you, um, I'm trying to remember which it was, but there was a development in New West which 
charged for locker, charged for parking. Yes. But you, you could get you could negotiate that you didn't pay those. They wouldn't change the price at all. But you could probably get some stuff for free thrown in. 100%, yeah. Yeah, if they have the stuff left over. Um, my absolute top tip for negotiating, because like Courtney said, sometimes it's hard to negotiate right now. It's like buy it or don't. Yeah. yeah. This is the Here's contract. The Sign or don't. I've never told anyone this, so I can't believe I'm going to put it on the show. Oh, my gosh. I'm because so this is this is my like my big... This is the move? Why should you bring me with you when oh, clients are talking to me I like, I can do this myself. Okay. I don't need you to help negotiating. Why would I bring you through? So it's because I have one nugget, one oh. thing that no one knows what to say. Oh, but we will know. And that is, it's not, it's not much, but it makes the biggest difference, especially when you're buying honey, is you specify that I will get a full-size parking stall. That is a fantastic mm. tip. Yeah. And all they have to do is write it in. They're like, oh, we don't really do that. And I'm like, it's fine. No one else is asking for it. You got 200 parking stalls. Just make sure mine doesn't suck. <laughs> yeah, like, right beside it. the garbage, the small, yeah. and you have a yeah. truck. And, and I'm not kidding. Every one of my clients who have written this in, they get the like one of the best ones. Hmm. Because they're like, oh, we don't want to have to have an argument about this with the buyer that we've written it in. But I just say full size. I just don't want one like a small car spot. Yeah. Right. That's all I'm trying to do is just not get an unobstructed, not small car spot. But you usually end up with a really good one. <laughs> <laughs> or there's a vent, right? You know, just hanging right above your spot. Yeah, something like that, right? So you put that little caveat in and you're you're one of a hundred. You're going to get a good one. But hmm. man, yeah. okay, this episode now, no one is allowed to listen. I'm oh, sorry. Gosh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Deleted. It's probably not going to be good anyway. <laughs> um, okay. Well, we should probably wrap up. But Courtney, you're our guest. Why don't we... Uh, do you have any last words? Anything you wanted to talk about? Yeah, you about brought a lot of we, notes. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Here's a hot tip. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, no, I was, I was talking about negotiating, and I think yeah. you and I had a discussion with it before, Jeff, is ask, you know, if there's upgrades, crown molding, laminate in the kitchen or in the bedrooms instead of carpet, ask. Ask for those things. Totally. If, you, if you're buying a one-bedroom and you're getting a, a storage locker, the small size, which, by the way, you can maybe put a bike in it, um, ask for a larger storage locker. Just put it on there. Ask. Um, yeah. You never know, right? And and I have had clients get these few little extras, which are quite nice. One one thing to note is the reason why you should talk to a mortgage broker within your seven-day rescission period, although you're not getting your mortgage at that time, it's just good to talk to them, get some information, because uh, I've he- I heard one story where someone wrote an offer, they're buying it, rescission rescission periods over uh, within the two years it was being built they went out and leased a vehicle well that changes you, your credit score yeah the math is different now the math is now different so just be aware of that because it could be make or break of you purchasing it and i don't know if mortgage brokers do this anymore i don't know if you've had one on your show but they used to be able to do a rate hold we had we had stefan oh okay yeah we're- not stefan not <laughs> with Stefan. No, Stephane. Stephanie Barrett came on episode oh. four, six, episode six. Oh, okay. Yeah. Episode four was sleepless in New Westminster when meeting your agent is like dating. Oh yeah. I came up with that cheesy title. Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that, where's my little notes? Yeah. Get pre-approved first. Don't and, lease a car. Don't between. screw it up. <laughs> yeah. Don't and lease a car is a great uh, tip for anyone buying. Well, you wouldn't even think of it, right? Yeah. Sometimes. I think that's one of the number one ways people mess up their their mortgage is taking on debt before it completes. Yeah, they're like, well, I signed a contract. It's all committed. It's like, uh, yeah. they're going to check you out again yeah. before it goes through. Yeah. Cool. Anything else? No, I think we Cool. Well, that's awesome. Everything. That was great. I mean, we got into a lot of stuff there. I'm leaving a few things on the table, but maybe we'll... 
I mean, I know Jeremy's a little sad that he missed this episode, and he had definitely has. Some yeah, I know he'll have stuff he wants to say if we ever let him back on the show. <laughs> I know. I think um, we need a vote. Yeah. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> okay. Sorry, but he, we kind of we're kind of on a team. <laughs> Which would help if you were here, because the whole show's premise was competing perspectives, oh. and I'm ganged up on every episode. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I feel like we agreed the whole time. Oh, that's a great point, Jeff. Oh, yeah, that's oh, I just that. meant, oh, what do you think? I meant when we came up with the show, we were oh. three individual realtors, Yeah, and now it's two on, we, we've got a team, and me. Oh, and, oh. Uh, oh yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're odd man out. Which I don't actually believe, because um, I found like half the time... Jared takes my side just as much as he takes your <laughs> side on stuff. Yeah, but that's why we're a good team. <laughs> yeah. Can't, so, be, can't be same, same. So it's, it's been a, a good show so far here. So we're going to move on to... We're going to do this in the right order, right, Jeff? Question of the week. <gasps> Check out the big brain on Brad. How's it working out for you? What? Being clever. Who knows where thoughts come from? They just appear. You're listening to Multiple Offers, a real estate show. Uh, we're going to do this a little different. We were batting around questions of the week uh, before we got started, and then Courtney jumped in with, uh, I've got a question. <laughs> so Matt and I have not heard this. So th- this question comes from us from Courtney Edwards yeah. from Remax Advantage. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe you have an answer. Okay, so I went on a, a listing presentation. Hosted- thought you were going to say date. <laughs> yeah, no. Because <laughs> I'm ready to answer. <laughs> Um, no. And, uh, so it's a house in Coquitlam, smaller house, new horizons, one kitchen, whatnot. So, uh, I believe the square footage is probably around 1700 square feet. Are we just doing your market evaluation? Yeah. For you? <laughs> what do you think we should price the home at? No. So here's the question. I went through the home. Yes. Fix that. Do that. Move that around. Whatever. They're going to renovate before they sell. So here is the question. Um, they do have the option to enclose the garage. The question is, should we enclose the garage and put a small kitchen in there? So in the garage. Yeah, but it won't be. It, it'll be enclosed and okay. oh, like make it part of the home. Oh, for sure. Yeah, not, not like just, okay. Can I give ha- my, go ahead? Oh, Sorry, just, I we'll say. just have just have a yeah another one bedroom suite unauthorized uh, very unauthorized so I'll, I'll give my sassy answer first okay, which is uh tell your client to go back and listen to the last episode of multiple offers oh. where where we discussed renovations <laughs> yeah 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 um sassy i i've i had a house that got sold um no, it's probably about five years ago in new west where they did almost exactly what you're describing mm-hmm. and they bought it. Now, we bought it knowing that this couldn't possibly be be authorized. But you know who looks at the MLS other than realtors and buyers? The city. The city. <laughs> and when we moved in, sure enough, somebody showed up oh, to inspect and they okay. had to... Now, we knew. We're like, there's a good chance this all has to get taken down. But I think I think doing something like that right before you put it on on the market, there's a high probability the city notices. I'd, I'd be nervous about it, personally. I'm pretty adverse, like if they're really thinking of getting it on the market, to spending that kind of money for something big. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a risk and a reward type thing, right? Big risk, potentially big reward. My line of thinking is more to sell the dream. Yeah, yeah. The potential. Yeah. Right. And you say, it's, oh, if you're looking for something here, you know, there's there's you just frame this in and do it at and make it sound really easy, even though it's not. Because when we're on that side, we make it sound really easy. 
Mm-hmm. Matt talked about this last episode as well. Matt's really about just, he said you crush people's dreams. Uh, Matt, yeah. Matt builds dreams to be crushed. Uh. <laughs> but, but, but genuinely, I think, I think it's too big of a project to take on. And, yeah. and, and to, to for, again, to do it in an unauthorized way too, uh, because when the market is going down, when it's soft, buyers are so much more picky about work being done with permits and all the rest mm-hmm. of it because they're thinking long-term, big picture, what's going to go wrong? This is going to be worthless in five years because it's not authorized. When the market's hot, they're like, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> why is this garage so, like, why is this a scenario? What's so, oh, makes he, this make sense? Oh, because in the area, there are a lot of homes that, um, you know, 22, 2,500 square feet. They have a mortgage helper. It just differentiates his from theirs, right? So it, it was just a question. It was the mm-hmm. last question. My gut feel is don't do it because somebody might not want it. Um, and then to your point, you Did know. you tell them, hang on, I'm going on a, a real estate podcast yeah. and I'll get back to you? Yeah, or? I feel like they're going to have a question segment and <laughs> <laughs> here's my opportunity to put, to put it on to other realtors other than myself. But you know what? He's already going to put money into the kitchen and this and that to make it look really nice, which I do think is a great idea because... Oh, he's got a bunch of other work to do too? Yeah, so... Oh, don't bother. I know. Yeah, That's my thoughts. Okay. Cool. Good question. Cool. Uh, yeah. and, and I think it's uh, the, my favorite part of that question is that it relates to the market now when it's a little bit low and not having permits and that kind of stuff. I think that is an important consideration for anybody out there in the marketplace is that buyers get so much more picky mm-hmm. when the market yeah, is Yeah, when softer. they have selection, they can be more picky, yeah. right? Yeah, fair enough. Sure. It's story time with Jer. Great story. Compelling and rich. It's not always my story? No, it's not always your story. What if Matt has an awesome story to tell? Well, you can tell it to me or write it down and I will (laughs) paraphrase. This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. All right, Courtney, so you're wearing the Jer hat today. Okay. So we're going to make you tell a story. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, surprise. <laughs> um, so so what I, I thought is that we'd just ask you. So you were in new development. Mm-hmm. Um, now, were, were you a realtor at that point? You, you were, correct? Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, so I guess that it's a two-part question. Uh, okay. what, what is the origin story of, of Courtney Edwards as far as real estate goes? First in getting into new development and then... And then making the shift, like deciding that, no, you wanted well, to work in residential schools. Weren't you, like, with K-Dub before yeah. you were? Yeah. I was C- actually... Courtney Edwards in the in the Blue Pathfinder was with her oh. Ke- Keller Williams oh. before Matt's going into memory of our stuff is really weird. <laughs> <laughs> she had her name on it. it was, I did. Do you remember her license plate? Uh, no, because it had her name on it. I didn't need to know the okay. license plate. And she was in Glenbrook all the time, so I saw it all the time, oh, yeah. like driving the kids around. Okay, okay well... I, uh, what's funny about having my number on it, I actually got a complaint once. The, the receptionist at Keller Williams called me because somebody complained about something I did on the road, which is... <laughs> that, that's my fear. <laughs> which is hilarious i'm like okay yeah. thanks okay um, so what what's the beginning okay. of your real estate story so i i did not start in new developments but i did start with a blue pathfinder um yeah. <laughs> this is what happened we talk uh, a lot about cars on this show <laughs> i was working at icbc hmm. i was working at icbc and then i got pregnant I won't go into detail. I'm sure you know how that works. And then I... <laughs> please, and, please explain it. 
And then I looked around and I, and I thought to myself, these people don't seem very happy here. You know, their, their workload is a lot. They're kind of cynical. Um, I just, at that moment, I thought I, I don't want to, I don't want to come back here after Matt leave, um, for sure. So, and we also had a, a realtor friend and I thought it was interesting. I, I liked the industry. I liked houses. I liked flexibility. I was just drawn to it. So I just went ahead, got my license and became a residential realtor with Keller Williams in Port Coquitlam. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a few years in quite, to be quite honest, I, I didn't really enjoy that it very much i just didn't feel i don't know what it was and then i thought was, oh. was it a struggle or was uh, it just the work itself you didn't didn't enjoy yeah i just thought okay well maybe i'm in the right industry but i need to be doing something else here so then i got into new developments which is great and i'm so 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 glad i did that because i gained a lot of knowledge and i was on the inside and i i think it i'm really really happy i did that um And then our, honestly, our office moved from New Westminster to Vancouver and I was kind of, I didn't want to do the commute anymore. I did three sales centers and then I got hired internally into the marketing department. Mm -hmm. And then for about a year I was commuting um, quite a bit. And then I just, I literally had an epiphany driving to work one day Um, on the epiphany. If you look at the calendar, I was driving after uh, the winter break and I just thought, uh, I'm going to quit my job. And I still have my real estate license. And that's literally how it happened. I had a moment of clarity. I walked in, I quit my job. And then I thought, do you remember what it was about the job that made you want to quit? Um, I, I just, once again, I just felt, I felt a change. I felt honestly the commute, I hate driving in traffic. And so I would be driving from New West to Coquitlam to Kitsilano to Coquitlam to, you know, sometimes my commute was two and a half to three hours, whereas mm. my office used to be in, in, uh, New Westminster. So it was great. So I, I must say that was actually one of the big reasons. And then I thought, well, I still have my real estate license. I'll just jump back into residential. And then, and then I quit. And I thought, huh, I better get back to work. And then I, friend, I called my friend Shannon Kelly. I said, hey, I'm getting back into residential. I literally just quit my job five minutes ago. Um, <laughs> I was like, can we partner up? I'm like, I was kind of like, I was, I was like, what have Did I Shannon done? Did Shannon shoot you down? Uh, I don't remember you guys ever teaming exactly. up. Exactly. I feel like she kind of did. She was a good friend. But she said, come back to Keller in Poco. And so I did. So I went back to Keller Williams and Poco, but it still didn't quite feel right. And I, I knew I wanted to focus on New Westminster and Remax in New West is... The Has big, all the best people. It really, <laughs> truly does. And then I was talking to Mel one day and I just came over. And um, the past three years, it's been my favorite. I'm really... I love my job. I really love my job. And maybe because I love my clients or maybe you can be more selective or I'm just more knowledgeable. I don't know what it is, but I'm really enjoying um my job now so i'm not looking for an out it's uh it's quite nice it's interesting that you didn't enjoy it round one i know and then kind of did something different and now seem to really love it yeah i do i know i'm surprised i feel like maybe it's uh something about a, a comfort with with yourself yeah right like just being able to feel comfortable just being yourself because you really are like in the business and with your clients mm-hmm. i think more so than most people in the business. Well, and I'm not a heartbreaker anymore, okay? <laughs> I'm actually quite honest with my clients and it's honesty and I almost feel like I'm a bit of a boutique, you know, realtor where I don't have 200 clients that I can't manage. I have, I feel quality 
clients. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always available, but probably past not past 9 p.m. because I'm sleeping <laughs> as well. And so you always get me. I don't have an assistant. I don't have a buyer's agent. It's me. So if you hire me, you get me every single time. And I just have a manageable amount of clients. And so I find that enjoyable. Hmm. Yeah. So that's my story. ICBC, pregnant, didn't want to go back, became a realtor. Did Tell me more about the heartbreaking. Well, Matt brought that up. I, yeah. <laughs> oh, just, you know, you have a new, devel- new development and there's 100 homes and 400 people want it. So mm. 300 people are going to be upset. And But that also happens in residential when the market was hot. You have a listing, you get 10 offers one person wins and then I you literally have to call nine people and break up with them and it I, I started texting and emailing after <laughs> that because I'm like I'm so sorry your client didn't get it have you ever told Matt your amazing multiple offer bribery story I have no oh the purse <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was offered a really nice purse. Yeah, I had actually... As the listing agent? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they were sending her pictures. Yeah, uh, pictures, yeah. Like, wow. if you pick us, Gucci. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I don't it remember was, the brand, but I, I remember... It was high end. I remember when that was happening. I think yeah. you were in the lounge and I was sitting there and you're like, uh... That's a neat <laughs> inducement. Yeah. yeah, it was right when the market started taking off and I had a house listed in Burnaby and I believe we had about 17 offers. It was crazy. And so a handful of people, oh, can you represent me? Can you represent me? And um, I, we could at the time, but I didn't want to because I know the only reason they were coming to me as a listing agent because they thought I could help them get the house. So I right. just deferred everybody and oh, surprise, surprise, they all had realtors. Shocking. <laughs> but I did have a realtor who kept bribing me. His clients really wanted it. And he was sending me pictures. I think it was like Louis Vuitton. I don't even know. <laughs> the funny thing is I don't really care about <laughs> clothes or oh, material items. So. He's like, you're a girl. Yeah. You like expensive purses. Exactly. <laughs> oh, and then, and then he probably just pissed you off, right? You're like, don't you put me in that box? Well, stereotyping me. I would be mad if somebody tried to bribe me during. I've never had somebody do that in a multiple offer, but I would be, offended? I would be really upset about it because you're putting me in a very bad position. Like, what if you have the best offer and now we're picking it, and all of a sudden, oh yeah, I'm like, ah, uh, there's this weird bribe, and I need to make sure I don't take it. Yeah. And I need to make sure my sellers know about it and I better tell my manager and uh, I hate this like that's not it I, sounds horrible <laughs> I didn't even think about that I just sort of laughed you know just laughed it off shrugged it <laughs> off you know beat it I don't want your purse and I kind of like my job I don't really want to get fired over a purse that I don't really want so hmm. he uh, he did not his clients didn't get the home and probably just because he didn't have the best offer so yeah yeah well thanks for adding that to story well, time I forgot about that yeah strong segment <laughs> well Thank you very much for joining us today, filling in for, for Jer. I think that's probably going to wrap things up for the episode. Um, now, Courtney, I don't know this, but if people want to find you, what's oh. your website? Um, Trick question. It's okay. I got my website well, wrong a couple episodes ago. It's my name. www.courtneyedwards.com. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let, uh, yeah. let her say it herself. <laughs> okay, Should I I'm spell sorry. it out? Well, let's start by saying it. So w w no, no. okay, oh, do we need the w's do mm. people know to put the w's yeah mom you don't need to say the w's anymore <laughs> <laughs> courtney edwards.com however my parents decided to spell it with lots of letters in it 
Shall I go ahead? Go for it. All right. C-O-U-R-T-E-N-A-Y. Like the town. Like the town. Courtenay. Courtenay. E-D-W-A-R-D-E-S. Now, if you listen to Courtney spell it, you don't need to worry about that. Matt will put it in the show notes. (laughs) Dot com. Awesome. Latina Miss Edwards, yeah. Senora Eduardes. Cool. Thank well, thank you very much for joining yeah, us. Yeah, really happy to have you on. I really appreciate you filling Jeremy's uh, seat there this week. It's and, been an awesome episode. Yeah, and if people want to get a hold of Matt and Jer, they can find you guys at thenewwestguys.com. Did I get yeah, it right this time? Yeah. Excellent. And you, you should probably want to put www in front of that just it, to make sure you thank, land on their page. Thanks, Courtney. Yeah. <laughs> Matt's the fact checker on the on the show. Stop stepping on his uh, oh, okay. on his job. And uh, I'm at uh, realestatenewwest.com. Uh, that's going to do it. If if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five star review on iTunes. It helps us find uh, more listeners. And uh, if you want to make sure you get our next episode, please subscribe to the show. So, um, Courtney, you have a son. Yes. Cole is how old? 11. 11? Okay. <laughs> so you might know about this stuff. Um, my buddy, uh, Steve, who uh, works for the Aquilini Group, he's a uh, property manager, called me yesterday and was like, there are people in helmets and battle axes all over Rogers <laughs> Arena. Um, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Only because my client is working at it right now. Okay. There is like a Rogers Arena filled video game event it's the, it's the right. world series super bowl of esports gaming it's a, like a week-long experience yeah yeah and i i had no idea that this like i knew that um like especially in korea that uh video games as sports were really popular like when we were uh probably just after high school age starcraft i know was huge like people would watch starcraft in korea the way we would watch football uh but i didn't know it happened here and that there's like a stadium full of people watching video games. Watching video right games. Right now. Yeah, it is happening. They're watching a screen. Speak. It goes all week. Well, I, I think the people are there competing. Yes, they are live yeah. uh, on the floor. There's yeah. two teams in their little cubicles. Yeah. Or like super cool, like dome structure or whatever. Yeah. But the, the game they're playing is being just put up, streamed right onto the screens throughout the stadium, and all of the fans they're watching are just watching in real time and cheering results and kills and all the rest of this stuff. Yeah, and and uh, so Steve, because he works for the Aquilinis, has tickets. <laughs> yeah. And I was so choked because he's like, do you want to go? And I'm like, well, I got a really busy day tomorrow, but I've got like one hour. I could totally do it. And then I got two showing requests during the hour, and I had to call Steve and be like, I'm sorry, I can't go. I really wanted to see it. Like, I just wanted to see what it looked like and what it felt like to be at one of these events. They're talking about it on all the sports shows right now. Are they really? Yeah. Like, should we call this a sport? Because they're calling it esports, right? So they're getting into all of the debate. I mean, it's it's the middle of August in the sports world. They're looking for anything. They need stuff to talk about. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So they're fine. We'll do it. Now, the reason why, like, it's in Vancouver, but it's not because it's a Vancouver thing. This is the international thing. It's like a trial. Like every year, they do it somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, I I went online and looked, and there are people from all over the world tweeting like, "Oh, I'm on my way to Vancouver to compete in this thing," and like, I, I think it's a 
pretty big deal, actually. It's the top 16 teams in the world as far as they're concerned. You know with way more about this than I, I thought. Uh, I've been watching. I've been listening to talk radio. I'm driving around the last yeah. two days because uh, I was curious. My, my client said she's going there and she's like, do you know what this thing is? I said, I have no idea what this is. She told me about this on Sunday morning. Yeah. But they've been going on about it in the news and the sports news. So top 16 teams in the world, $28 million prize pool. Really? $10 million to the first team. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so these guys are sponsored. They've got owners behind them who like own the franchise and choose their players and decide. Just like an, a regular sports team. Yeah. Like who's who's good? I'll pay you to be on my team so that you yeah. win because I'll pay you you know 200 grand for this tournament or 100 grand. But if we win, I'm taking the $5 million that's left over out of the prize pool. You yeah. Know, that kind of, so they've got owners behind this stuff. Um, it's it's massive. Are it's people betting? Massive. Are they placing bets? I'm sure just like any There's other sport, be there pools. must be. Yeah. Um, well, and and so through hearing about this, I, I went down a rabbit hole last night because I thought I was going to this thing. <laughs> so I was like, I better figure out what at least know a little bit about this game. So I watched like an intro video, and it's it's really complicated the game that they're they're playing. But then I went totally down this other rabbit hole of like video game streamers, and this was why I was asking about Cole. Like, does Cole watch people play video yes. games? It is. Yeah. That's all I know about what you're talking about right now. Yeah. Is that Cole watches Is he into Fortnite? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's the one I found out about. That, like, oh. the, I guess uh, the top video game streamer for this game, Fortnite, is a guy who calls himself Ninja. But, I mean, he's so legitimate. Like, Drake has come on his show and played video games with him. And that's like broken all the YouTube records and like all, like it's so how frequently, it's a big industry. How frequently so he watches watching. this. This is something that like Asher might be doing in a couple of years. Yeah, and I, I've talked to other parents with kids, and um, so a he plays Fortnite. Yeah, absolutely loves it. Yeah, you know I'm at a friend's house with him. You know, he has a friend, Jesse, my friend, Steph, hanging out. Cole wants to leave. Why? Because he wants to play Fortnite and you can't play two people in one place. He literally Oh, it's not wants, like when we were kids because yeah. that was the best split screen. No, they, yeah. we ended up leaving. So he could play with the kid who was there? Exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and then uh, another thing, yes, he watches YouTube videos of <laughs> other people playing games. I'm like, why are you watching other people playing video games? It's insane. And my kid is not the only kid. No, I, I think it's huge. It's super, super normal. Super normal. Yeah. yeah. And even before that, before you watch kids play video games, my kids watch kids play like when they choose something on YouTube kids is to watch other kids play with toys. Yeah. yeah. Like the same toys they have. Yeah. yeah I, my, we shut that down, but, <laughs> but Asher was super into that when he was little and, and we're like, he wanted like the most popular was watching kids open up things. Yeah. Ooh, that was yeah. really popular. And we're like, you know, you have these things. You, you could just go play with them. <laughs> it, it creates a real problem with, with collection and acquiring because yeah. they don't actually care about the toy. They care about the experience of right. opening and looking at it, comparing it to the next one. Now I need, more oh like humans like adults yeah like adults <laughs> i need more yeah Everyone so it's has. an it's an amazing model around this stuff it's it's crazy what our, our kids the way they're consuming this stuff but it's common whatever your kids doing it's normal yeah. <laughs> and, and, and i mean i guess if i sit back and i think about it watching people play video games like play a game on xbox or whatever i don't think they the i don't think the pros are playing on xbox i think they're playing on their souped up pcs <laughs> um but uh it's really not that different than watching people play hockey like you're watching people play a game who are really good at this thing. Like, and what I'm actually saying is that it, if we stop and think about it, watching people play sports is a little bit weird when you really think about like the same thing, right? Like we are watching somebody else play a game. Why aren't you playing that game? 
Like, yeah, and it's for the anticipation, the wonder of what's going to happen next. The unexpected yeah. happens that you're like, how you couldn't even write this in a story. Yeah, it's not like a TV show where the good guy's going to win. You know that you, yeah. The outcome is unpredictable, and sometimes it goes in, in incredible directions. That's the thing about sports that sometimes you leave, and it's been a really boring game. But other times, like the comeback is amazing. Yeah, and I, I could see the same happening in this video game world, at least if you understand the game. And well, I, I think understanding <laughs> must be a part of it because part of sports is I'm watching an athlete do something that even though I know how to play hockey, I could never do this thing oh yeah so i guess the same thing must apply like the- well what, I, what, I, what i've heard about these <laughs> yeah. guys these top yeah. end gamers like world-class yeah. gamers is they're, they're making 300 button pushes per minute oh well that was a big thing it's something was or, or yeah i could be misquoting that but it's something that as uh, like us we couldn't replicate just yeah. button mashing let alone doing it in the right sequence and reacting to the screen yeah uh um i actually know this term <laughs> uh yeah apm actions per minute is and I don't know if every game is into that, but uh, uh, I think the game I was looking at last night was Dota. Yeah, and and it's a it kind of came out of StarCraft, and both of those games that is a metric that they're looking at for their uh, their their competitors is how fast are they how how. How can they think and also process at the yeah, same so time? Yeah, so it's a physical, mental execution that most of us in the world can't do. So it's an exceptional feat. Yeah, I wonder if they get blisters. That's the only thing. <laughs> that's my contribution about this video game talk. 